we have it all, a business and lifestyle podcast for content creators and entrepreneurs. Real insights, help and conversations to inspire you to do what you truly want to. Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast, Can We Have It All? A business and lifestyle podcast for solopreneurs and anyone aspiring to be. And this week's topic is a really juicy one, an incredibly relevant one, and it's something that has been on the tip of everybody's tongue for weeks and months now, and probably since the beginning of time, and that's Instagram, and specifically how to use Instagram for your business. Now, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Instagram. When it first came out, I did not at all tap into the fact that it was a space to kind of build my brand. Well, not consciously anyway. I just loved it as the visual platform it was. I snapped random photos of various things that I would see out and about of my office, of my um, place of work, of random trips on the train, of my food, but with absolutely no thought about kind of who was seeing it and what that might do for my brand. So I definitely missed that wave of notoriety and metaphoric growth on Instagram, which, you know, as someone who's been a blogger for 10 years, does kind of kick me in the guts a little bit because if I'd only just jumped on that bandwagon a little bit earlier, I think things might have looked a little bit different. However, things happen for a reason. And although there have been so many frustrations with how the platform has developed and grown and, you know, become a place for influencers and businesses to target their audiences, I do still love it and I can't get away from it. I can't completely remove that addiction to scroll. And actually, I've come to terms with what it is and how it works for me as a business. I've let go of chasing the likes, I've let go of chasing the followers and yes, this is a lot easier for me to say now that I am sat over 10,000 because any of you that follow me and know me will know that for a long, long time, the biggest frustration for me from the app was the fact that you had to have 10,000 followers to have a swipe up, which any content creator, blogger, small business knows is really fucking shit because we rely on being able to share our content, our services and our products with our audience as easily as possible. And so having this kind of elitist tier of having to have 10,000 followers was really frustrating for me. But this year, I made it my mission to reach that 10,000 milestone. And boy, it's been a journey. There's been ups, there's been downs, there's been robots that have hacked me, there's been random followers from overseas. And you know what? It's all part of the journey and the learning curve. But I got there and there's no denying it has helped having swipe up. However, there was no meteoric fanfare celebration when I reached 10k that suddenly made me a success. 
there wasn't suddenly a bunch of people knocking at my door, throwing money at me or brands saying, hey, let me sponsor you. In fact, it was all a little underwhelming and the pressure of what that first swipe up should be was just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it has its pros and its cons. I am generally glad that I have it because it does mean that I can share all my hard work a lot more easily. And for those that really do want to access it, they can access it a lot more quickly. It's like having a website with really good navigation. You know, people travel through that website a lot more easily without bouncing off. And it's the same with the swipe up. People can just swipe up, see the content and decide to move on when they want to, as opposed to having to exit the stories, find the way to your bio, click the link in your bio and then completely forget what they were actually doing in the first place and getting entirely distracted. So yeah, that is my kind of, in a nutshell, love-hate relationship with Instagram. But what I would say the shift has been for me over this last six months is actually really aligning Instagram with my brand and my business and my vision and my goals and where I want to take it and actually letting go of using Instagram to kind of please everybody and please myself. And that sounds like a really strange way of putting it, but basically... As a lifestyle blogger by, you know, origin, my content was all over the place. You know, one day I'd be talking about travel in Italy. The next day I would be reviewing a restaurant in Manchester. The next day I might be talking about my family and my life as a working mum. The next day I might be sharing something about blogging for business and income. And then I'd be back to traveling again. And it was kind of all over the place. And I've realized that actually it is hard to grow on this platform if you don't have a niche. Now, that doesn't necessarily matter. You don't need to grow on this platform. You don't need to have millions of followers to be a success on this platform and to make sales. And that's the thing that I've really learned. So there's kind of two sides to this story, really. One is if you're really happy using Instagram as you are, and maybe it's just a personal exploration, it's a reflection of maybe your blog content, and really you just want people to kind of see it and enjoy it, then great, carry on. Don't listen to anything else I have to say in this podcast. But if you're on the other side of the coin and you actually want Instagram to drive sales, to convert into customers, to bring new clients, then I think you should listen to the rest of this podcast because using Instagram for business is slightly different to using it personally or just as a platform to kind of promote your goings on. So let's get straight into it because it will all make loads more sense as I walk you through the kind of steps that I have learned how to use Instagram for my business and that's really helped me lean in to my brand and my voice and my values as a business and kind of step away from that kind of floaty lifestyle niche which I loved but actually wasn't paying the bills. So number one starts with the bio. So regardless of how people find you, they will likely start and land on your bio, your Insta homepage. And it is so important that within those first few seconds, you grab the attention and you clearly demonstrate who you are and what your value is to that potential follower. 
because I can tell you within a couple of seconds, there'll be a whole range of things that happen in a split second within that person's brain and mind and visuals that make them decide whether they're going to click follow or just bounce off. All of those things are largely subconscious and so it's really important that we give ourselves the best chance of reaching those subconscious levels and the conscious ones of that potential follower and keep them with us. So the bio is frustratingly short space, 150 characters or something like that, to demonstrate who you are, how you can help entertain, inform or inspire your followers, the clout, the experience and the results that you get and a call to action. There's not a lot of space for that. Throw in an emoji or two and you've run out. And let's not even get started about the fact that you only see the first three or four lines and you then have to click dot, dot, dot more to see the rest. Like they're not helping us out in this respect. But, you know, it's really good because it almost forces you to nail your brand identity and your kind of elevator pitch in 150 characters. So here's my quick tips for nailing your bio. You want to make sure that your name, even if your username doesn't, your name reflects who you are and what you do. So if you have a brand name, then you want that to be in there in that first line and you want it to be clear. And ideally, you want to incorporate some keywords that somebody might search for and that you might come up if they do. So, you know, you might want to put in there that you're an entrepreneur or you're a blogger. I have that I'm a mentor. So it just means that if somebody did happen to be searching for blogger, you're giving yourself an extra chance of coming up. Then in that next couple of lines, you do really want to focus on who you are and what your USP is. So how are you serving that follower in two or three ways? So for example, mine says digital marketing mentor, that's what I am, that's my role, helping busy solopreneurs flourish and grow their confidence, brand and business. There it is in a nutshell. Those are the things that you are going to get from me if you follow my Instagram. Now, the next line is kind of up to you. My view is that it's a chance for you to show a bit of personality. It's maybe a chance for you to say what makes you unique. Or maybe it's a place where you can give yourself a bit of clout, a bit of brand equity. So, you know, maybe mention your experience, your um, qualifications, or maybe some results. You know, you could say something like um, doctor of psychology or 400 plus members serviced or over 30 clients helped, whatever it might be, it gives you a little bit of clout by adding something like that in. And then comes your call to action. So in your bio, you are able to embed a link, a URL that sends somebody off to wherever you need them to go. So that last line of your bio before that URL shows should be a very clear CTA call to action. So it might be something like, read my latest blog post if you're a blogger or listen to my podcast on women's health or it could be sign up to my mailing list or join the community here or it could be you know buy my latest xyz whatever it is you want it to be clear you want it to be concise and you want to make it exciting and enticing 
Now this link can change, you know, it might be that it goes to your homepage. It might be that you use something like Linktree that kind of has, sends you off to somewhere that gives a summary of all the various ways that somebody can find you. What I would say on that is if you can make a landing page on your own website that you own on your domain, then that's always going to be better than using something like Linktree. Just a little aside there. But my point is you can change this call to action. You know, one day I might have, you know, on the day my podcast released, I'll have a CTA that says, listen to my latest podcast on XYZ. On a day that I've uploaded a new blog post, I'll point my audience to there. But generally, it will be something like a link to my mailing list or to my latest freebie guide lead magnet. So don't think that you can't change the CTA and the link. You can change it as often as you like but always think about the relevance of when and who is landing on your profile. And just to finish up on this bit about your bio, again, you can keep tweaking, you can finesse it. I change mine every couple of weeks. Every time I start to really hone and refine what my brand message is, or when somebody asks me for something and I realize, hey, that's why they've come to me, I'll tweak it, I'll refine it, I'll change it. So it's important to keep revisiting your Instagram bio and finessing it for your ideal target audience. Okay, the second tip I have for you is does your grid reflect your brand and the information you've put in your bio in the first, say, six to nine images? So if you land on somebody's page, you'll see their profile, their bio, their highlights, and then you'll see probably the first six images, depending on which phone you've had. If those six images don't reflect what you've said in your bio, chances are that person is going to have no idea what it is you do and they're going to not follow and bounce off your profile. If you've spoken about the fact that you are a holistic yoga teacher, but all of your grid is baby food and meals out, then that's probably not coherent and consistent with your brand values and message and what you're trying to say to your potential customer and client. So really think about those first six to nine images. Now, you might scroll past those and say, but Holly, the rest of my grid is amazing. And if people just scroll down, they'll see how much value and amazing content I've given over the months. They don't care. It's very rare that somebody will scroll right the way through your profile and look at every post from the last three, six, nine months. You'll be lucky if they go back a week. So you have to be sure that those top six to nine images are really reflecting your brand, your values, your core pillars, vision, and what you say in your bio. So think about whether those images are A, aesthetically cohesive, Is there an overall aesthetic to your brand? Maybe there's brand colours, maybe there's some visuals that you use. Maybe if you're a fashion blogger, you have a few shot styles or poses that you use. Make it recognisable. You want to think about the content that you're actually putting across. Can you see straight away that you are what you say you are? And what is the message that you're trying to convey? So think about that. And if you have a look at your... Instagram page now, just see if those six to nine images actually convey what you've said you are and what you've said you do in your bio. If they do, great, you're on to a winner. If they don't, you might need to rethink and be a little bit more conscious with your next three to six posts. 
Next, and this is the core to any brand or business or anyone using any form of digital marketing, is to know your ideal client inside out. And you're always, always speaking to them. Now, this could have been the first thing I said today, but actually I'm trying to kind of work through it in some sort of order for you. And this is the thought process that happens as I'm working through my Instagram profile. And actually, if you know your ideal client, your ICA, your persona, whatever you want to call it, then you will always be creating content for them. You'll be thinking about informative posts, inspirational, relatable, whatever it might be. And if you know what your audience wants, what they need, what they desire, what they're struggling with, what their pain points are, what their frustrations are. If you know that information inside and out, then you cannot go wrong on your grid. And that's the difference between using Instagram as a fun social tool and using it for business is you constantly want to be thinking and picturing and imagining that ideal client or customer when you are creating content. And you want to be thinking, will they enjoy this? Will they be inspired by it? Will they be educated by it? Will they get value from it? And if you do that, you're on to a winner. Next comes a slight shift in the way people are using Instagram at the moment. And I think this has come in light of the recent and ongoing pandemic. And, you know, the way that we have all been accessing data and sharing information and creating communities using a platform like Instagram over the last six to nine months. And we are using it differently and the algorithm is reflecting that. So whereas we might have been really focused on the likes of our posts and the comments, actually now, arguably the most important aspects of engagement is saves and shares. You've got to think about what a user is doing with your content. If they're saving it, then it means great. You've created something worth saving. You've created something that they want to come back to and use or refer to later. If they're sharing it, then oh my gosh, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. You've created something that they think is that interesting, inspiring or entertaining that they want to share it with all of their followers too. Saves are great for the algorithm. Instagram algorithm is loving saves gives you a little bit of a boost and shares are amazing for your reach. If somebody is sharing your post, you suddenly have reached or have the ability to reach their audience too. So if you're getting multiple saves, imagine how far the reach of that post is going to go. So I'm not saying to forget about comments. Comments are hugely important and we'll get onto that a bit later because engagement is absolutely key. But what I'm saying is algorithm wise is, you know, does it really matter if you have 400 likes on a post if no one's actually buying your product or asking about your service or converting into a customer? I'd rather have 50 likes and convert to sale. So really think about what you're aiming for with each piece of content. Sometimes it might be that you just want some impressions and you want, you know, people to like and, you know, do a bit of kind of, I say mindless engagement, but I mean, you know, just that simple, ah, oh, love this, you look great, fab. That might be okay once in a while, but really as a business, you want to be thinking about talking to that ideal client, giving them information of value that they will save and share with others. 
Next, on to our best friend of Instagram, the hashtag. Who here has a hashtag strategy? Now, be honest. Shout yes if you do. (laughs) Or who here just throws in random hashtags every now and then, really generic, really obvious. Or who here just sees the hashtags on someone they follow, gives them a copy and hopes for the best. Maybe you do all of the above. But, you know, hashtag strategy is still of importance to Instagram. Maybe not of as high importance as it was back in the day of meteoric growth, when hashtags were a great way of people finding content, getting discovered and getting loads of followers. I feel like hashtags are working slightly different now. However, people are still using hashtags to search for things and maybe it's getting a little bit more literal. So what I mean by that is, If you are looking for Instagram tips, then you might well put into Instagram hashtag Instagram tips. You might search for that and see what posts come up. If you are looking to paint your the walls of your bedroom, Pharaoh and Bull Pigeon, then you will likely put Pharaoh and Bull Pigeon into Instagram and see what comes up and and the results will be helpful. Can you see what I'm saying here? People can use hashtags to search for relevant information. So you want to think about what your ideal client might be putting into Instagram and where you need to be showing up. Now, the other side is kind of community hashtags. They are maybe particularly in the blogging sphere. There are hashtags that might help get peer support in your community. But really, are they going to be the hashtags that your client knows about and are going to use to search for your services. And that's again where the difference between using Instagram as a personal account and as a business account comes. So think about your hashtags being relevant. Don't throw in ones that aren't relevant just because you've seen that they've got some popularity because the algorithm will suss it out. It won't know where to serve your content or who to serve it to. And it's just a waste of everyone's time. So be sure to use relevant hashtags And ideal, in my opinion, you want a mixture of hashtags that are well engaged with, but not, but not too many posts. So somewhere between 10,000 and 100,000 posts is ideal. And then you want to look at throwing in a few that are 100 to 500,000. When you get over 500,000 posts on a hashtag, chances are your post isn't going to last more than a few seconds, particularly if you get up to nearing the million. If you have a look at a hashtag that's got a million posts on it and then refresh it, instantly you'll see a whole new wealth of results and that post you was looking at a second ago is probably pages and pages down. So do think about that when you are using hashtags. There is no point in wasting a hashtag on one that is overused. So when you see people use things like hashtag love, that is not going to reach your audience. You are not going to get any new followers from that. So really think about the relevance of your hashtag, the searchability and how many posts are on it. Equally, if you do find a hashtag that has, you know, a few hundred posts, if it's being engaged with daily, then keep an eye out for it. If it's not and it's stagnant and there's no new content, chances are it's not worth using. I I have started my own community hashtags over the years, so hashtags have to start from somewhere. So it's worth kind of keeping your eyes peeled for new ones as well. So next, when it comes to using Instagram for your business, this is the fun bit. 
you get to inject your personality and your voice. So everything I've talked about up until now feels quite serious and quite strategic. But actually, chances are, particularly if you're a solopreneur or a small business owner, that your brand and your voice is you. And you have your USP, so your delivery and the way that you create content and portray and convey that content is your USP. So do be sure to inject your personality and your voice into your posts. And that might be visually, that might be via tone of voice, that might be in the way you speak and deliver. Either way, that's the thing that's going to convert a follower into an interested follower, into a warm lead, into a customer or a client. What I would say here is don't be afraid to inject a bit of yourself into your grid, but keep it relevant. Things like your lifestyle, keep that to stories. That's what stories are for. That's what stories are great for. The kind of behind the scenes, lifestyle, woman behind the business, whatever it might be, stories are great for that. I tend to now keep that a little bit away from my grid or I'll dot in one post out of four or five about something that's a bit more lifestyle and a bit more me. And I ensure that there's relevance to my audience. So it might be my followers are interested in becoming female CEOs or small business owners or freelancers. And so seeing and understanding a bit of my lifestyle and my journey behind that will help that story and that message. But I try to keep the more incidental lifestyle walks in the parks with my kids you know work-life balance stuff to my stories because that's where it flows more naturally and that's where my audience are looking for that sort of content so it's worth bearing that in mind next let's pay some attention to your captions good old captions who here hates writing captions ugh when they flow, oh my gosh, I love them. When I've got an idea and I can't wait to get it off my chest, I love writing captions. When I have no mojo, no inspiration, I hate them. Can you relate? Shout at me if you can. (laughs) Um, Some people are natural wordsmiths. Some people are really great at personal PR and, you know, calls to actions and kind of things that grab attention. I have taught myself to be better at that, but sometimes I still completely fall lack of inspiration. So all I would say when it comes to writing a good caption is to mix it up a little bit. You know, sometimes think about long form, almost mini blogs in your captions. If that's the sort of content that your audience enjoys, if they want you to go a bit deeper, then great. And sometimes mix it up with some shorter kind of, you know, more incidental or CTA type captions as well. But I guess the three kind of aims of any caption or the three aims you want to rotate through each caption is what do you want your audience to do? So do you want them to reply and comment to what you've said? So maybe you're asking a question and you want some opinion. Or do you want them to go off and do something and to action something? So maybe you want them to click the link in your bio to read your latest blog or check out XYZ on your website. Or do you want them to save and share this content? So like we talked about earlier, you know, you can give a little prompt, save this for future reference. If you like this, share this with your friends. If you think this might help someone, give it a share. What you don't want to do with your caption is invite your audience to do all three of those things at once. 
If you're saying, hey, what do you think to this? Tell me below. Then go and click on my link in in my bio and read my latest blog post about it and then save and share this with all your followers. They are going to lose interest. That, That doesn't work. So think about focusing on just one of those things for each of your captions and kind of, I guess, as a rule of thumb, rotate through them. And don't be disheartened if it's tumbleweed. Sometimes we can write and craft the perfect caption and it will just be crickets and that's okay it happens to the best of us it won't be because that your caption is shit it will be a whole plethora of things that have just lined up to people not seeing it not getting it not being served it whatever you know just go back think again try again that's what this is all about it's about keep trying but what I would say is the most important thing with captions is please, if you get comments and responses, reply to them, engage with them. If people have taken the time to bother to comment or respond to your caption, then please show them the grace of replying. Now, I know for some of you with hundreds of thousands of followers, that's easier said than done. And you might not be able to get through them all. But I think acknowledging, putting a simple comment into those comments, acknowledging everyone's responses goes a long, long way. So next, I want to talk about your Instagram stories. I mentioned them briefly in keeping your kind of behind the scenes and lifestyle content to your stories if you're a business, but also that stories are a fantastic way to start conversations with your ideal client or customer. So think about them being conversation starters, encouraging people to reply and slide into your DMs. Think about them as market research with questions or polls. And think about all those interactive tools that you can use, things like sliders and GIFs. I love stories for actually my business market research, for gauging what people want and what they're enjoying. So yeah, don't underestimate the power of stories for your personal brand and also your business. Now, what about reels? What's everybody thinking about reels? Are you using them? Are you sick of them? Do you love them? Do you hate them? I didn't love them at first but I have very quickly fallen in love with them. My creativity level with reels isn't too exciting right now. I have still pretty much nailed the pointing to various things which I'm sure people are going to get oversaturated with pretty rapidly but there's no denying that Instagram are loving reels, the algorithm loves them, they're being boosted, my reels are being shown on more explore pages than I've ever been aware of my grid content. So look, why not just throw caution to the wind and get involved? And all I'd say with reels is have fun, be creative with them and use them as a great, succinct, short, fun, silly way of getting your brand message and your values across. And actually, they don't always have to be silly. You know, silly's it is just part of it. They can be a really fantastic marketing tool and I've seen people use them in very different ways. So they don't necessarily have to be about you. If you're someone who's not hugely comfortable in front of the camera or perhaps you're not actually the face of your brand or business, then there are really clever ways of using reels to showcase your brand, your values, your products, your services. And at just 15 or 30 seconds, they're pretty quick. They can be shared to your grid, to your stories. They're great. Give them a go. Use some hashtags and see how you get on. And next, what about IGTV? Have we all forgotten it a little bit because we've been kind of sidelined by reels? And actually, 
it's worth thinking about IGTV as almost a, as a kind of secondary part to Reels because Reels might be a really nice, short, informal way of introducing an idea, whereas your IGTV could go into that idea in more depth. So think about them maybe as more of a deep dive into a particular subject. You might want to do some Q&As. You might want to answer all those things that slide into your DMs regularly. You might want to go back and tell your story about you and your brand and your business journey. You might want to explain it in a bit more depth about your core values and your visions. And you might want to, in one way, shape or form, talk about the services and the way that you can help your audience. IGTVs are great because they are more than a minute long and you can even set up things like a series so that people get used to knowing when to expect content from you and when to watch. So, you know, Instagram right now has so many ways of using it between the grid, between static images, carousel, video posts, then you've got your Insta stories, then you've got Insta reels, and then you've got IGTV. Now, what's the theme that you kind of see coming out there? I'd say it's video. I think Instagram is heavily pushing the way it uses video and moving image. And, you know, even on our grid, people are using animated moving images more they're using um short clips of videos you know we're posting our reels to our grids we're posting snippets of our IGTV and I think this all reflects the general move in digital marketing for video content it shouldn't be underestimated or underutilized if you are a business and to wrap up today's what's turned into a bit of a mammoth podcast on how to use Instagram for business I've got one more bonus tip And that is to enjoy it. Keep discovering, keep using it as the tool it is. It's a social tool and that's the most powerful part of it. You get to be social with your target audience, with your ideal client and customer. You get to get to know them. You get to find out what makes them tick, where they hang out. So do keep using it as a user as well. Keep discovering new accounts, keep being inspired. Don't just focus on the numbers but instead focus on the quality of engagement and the conversations and conversions that are happening from your content. So I'd love to know how you are finding Instagram, whether you have a love-hate relationship, whether it's your favourite platform, whether it's your least favourite, how you're finding these new tools like Reels, and whether you have found that you've shifted in the way that you create content as a business over the last few months. I'd love to hear your experiences do just DM me on Instagram, send me an email, all my contact details are in the show notes. And don't forget, if you like this stuff, if you want more digital marketing tips and insights, then be sure to sign up to my mailing list. I'm launching something very exciting in a couple of weeks and you'll know about it first if you're on that mailing list and I will pop the link in the show notes. I'll leave it there. Have a fantastic week, whatever you're doing. Keep in touch stay connected and I'll see you the same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found something useful and inspiring, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review and a rating because it really helps other people hear this podcast too. If you'd like to enter a competition for a one-to-one coaching session or a blog audit with me, then make sure you leave an email address in that review as well. 
And if you'd like to submit a question or a topic for discussion, then just send me an email. Find me and my business information, including how to join my growing online community of entrepreneurs and content creators over on holly-wood.co.uk or over on Instagram. All the details about how to contact me and find me and follow me are in the show notes. Thank you. Have a fab week.